Hey everybody, welcome back to Off and Beaten Clef. This week we are doing, I wouldn't call it a bucket lister, but we've been talking about this guy for a while. Uh, Joshua Quimby, his self-titled debut album. So let's get into it. <laughs> I had a big mouth of water when I did that. Okay, yes, like Kevin mentioned, we're doing Joshua Quimby, his self-title from 2022, and I think you first referenced them when we did Bolos and Marlboros 2 earlier in the in the summer, mm-hmm. and we've been really hyped on him. He's been coming up a lot. He's been re- releasing a lot of music, and... It was just time that we we talked about a full release. Now, yeah, we we've got some some feelings about this album. You want to you want to <laughs> yeah. start with yours? Uh, yeah. I, so I was super hyped on this guy, and I've listened to this album in pieces, but never like front to back. And I think there's a reason for that because it's only eight tracks and it's less than thirty minutes long. And so got into it. I was like, okay, I, I dig this. But by the end of it, I wasn't digging it as much. <laughs> And I think there's, I think there's an overarching story to this. And I think the more I listened to it, the more I understood it. But again, I, I think for a self-title, like a, a debut album in this very specific like Western country Americana style, this is great. I think, I think you have to be in the right mood for it though, and I wasn't quite in the right mood for it. So I think I was really high on it during Mar- Bo- Mar- Bolos and Marlboros. Um, I just don't think I was in the right mood for this. That doesn't mean it's a bad album. I just don't think the mood was right for me when I was listening to it this week. He has a an EP he released this year that I love. Uh-huh. I, I think it's four or five songs. It's called like These Old Jeans. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's great. Front to back, four or five songs, perfect. But yeah, I without spoiling the whole episode, I'm lukewarm on the album. That doesn't mean yeah, I don't me like too. songs. But like as a full album, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But I actually have some some background info, and we can discuss. Yeah, go for it. So um, Joshua Quimby is described as folk country blues. Uh, this album was released on April twenty April twenty two, two thousand twenty two. It should have came out on four twenty. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this is his first full length, which makes total sense. Um, if you had to guess the singles, what do you think they are? Uh, well, to the choir. Um, how many are there? That's an eight-track two. album. That and bleh, Blackened and Blue? Over for 2. Yeah, wow. The two singles are Gears, that was released on okay. April 8th, and Crescent Smile from uh, April 15th. So both I, were released like a, two weeks before uh, the album was actually released. And I think to the choir should have been one of the singles for sure, but it's the be- it's the best track on the album yeah. by a lar- by a large margin. Um, as we're recording, he's going to have a single coming out this Friday, um, uh, called "Long Green Cigarette," which kind of continues some of the themes from this album. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I was just going to read his Spotify bio because I think it's interesting, and yeah. there's not a whole lot of information on this guy. He's only been making music a little over a year. 
Um, uh-huh. Okay. Hailing from the quiet woods and countryside of eastern Connecticut, 22-year-old folk singer and songsmith, Joshua Quimby is paving his his own fresh path within Americana music. The now Nashville, Tennessee-based artist combines his powerful voice, express free, expressively raw lyricism, and folk, blues, country guitar picking to produce distinctly unique and genuine material. A deep-set passion and respect for the timeless work of song artists for the likes of Bob Dylan, John Prine, and Hank Williams Sr., amongst others, inspired Joshua's own writing and motivation for his music. Equipped with a sound that is rustic and righteous, tried and true, Joshua has many stories to tell. Now, let me tell you, if you're looking for lyrics that are along the lines of Bob Dylan, John Prine, and Hank Williams Sr., you're not going to find them here. And yeah, I, that, that ain't it. I don't mean that in a negative way. This is his first release. He's got a such a beautiful, unique voice that is so mm-hmm. captivating. And that alone with like the upright bass and the fiddle and the the steel guitar he's playing like there's so much good stuff here but like lyric wise i will i just was not impressed given the resurgence we've had with coulter wall and tyler childers and even um zach bryan you know there's there's so much great lyricists right now that uh it seems unfair unfair to compare so far and they make they make different styles of country right like this is that's like rebel country which is a little bit different um this is more like you're very, very classic. Like when people talk about like, this is more like, it feels more like holler or almost like mountain music a little bit, but not bluegrass. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's different than rebel country, which is a, which is um, more about like having something to actually say, this is more about a day, a slice of life type of stuff. So, yeah. Now, before we start, I noticed something and I want to see if you picked up on it as well. We have eight songs, right? Mm-hmm. They fall into one of two categories for the entire album. Yep. Forlorning for a woman that's far away. Mm-hmm. Smoking weed. Yep. And that's it. That's, that's the, only, it. the only two styles of songs we got this whole album. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a criticism. That's just an observation. So, uh, you ready to get in track one? Yes. And I do have I do have a bit of a theory about the the whole album as a complete work, but we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, so track number one, Ticket to Hartford. Um, it's immediately way more like, oh, we've already talked about it, like Old West Americana than I was expected because when I came into it, I had like To the Choir on my mind, which is like up, like more upbeat, more like, uh, I don't know, this is this has a super, super old school sound, like 50s, 40s, 50s type country, which I dig. Um, but like the plotting guitar and the meandering fiddle in the track really sells that, 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 that era of uh country that he's going for um it's super sweet lyrically um it's nothing crazy but just poetic enough to make a lady swoon um and this is something you play in a saloon like to like make all the bar girls like give you doe eyes right so like i i tried to give myself a head cannon for this where this is something you'd play in like a an old west saloon or like a a, a truck stop bar or something like you know um something like that like this is that's what this music is made for it's made for having some drinks and drowning your sorrows or just enjoying uh, you know if you i'll talk about it here in a bit but if you got your lady grab her and dance with her if you don't let you know cry about it shit like that so um but yeah it's just it's very different sonically 
like when I first turned it on, I was like, oh, this isn't to the choir. And I would, that kind of shocked me a little bit. Yeah, I think um, to the choir has a little bit more urgency than this one does. This one yeah. has like, I equate it to the first the first time I heard Ticket to Hartford, I thought like um, Man of Constant Sorrow from, uh, what was that movie? Uh, oh brother, where art thou? Oh brother, where art thou? This has yeah. like almost a similar cadence and like kind of like the pluckiness of it, and um, I don't know. I just, I just saw just a lot of correlations, and I think it kind of fits that style of like the forties, fifties that that movie was going for. Um, yeah, the the line "I need you to need me the way that I need you." I'm craving your love like a bird craves the sky. Yeah, that's a great, great, great lyric, and he has some really good almost like love love notes that he's writing to this woman that he's that he's missing and i love that he just lays it all out there in track one and he's not afraid to just be like over the top like smitten with this this woman that he's referring to throughout the album yeah and you get his like super gravelly voice starting out strong with i buy the first goddamn ticket to hartford and it's like that's a great opening to a song to an album and a song and I really like the outro too. It's like if all the airports were down and cars weren't around, I'd walk every mile between us. Like that's that's it's sweet. It's like that's a, like I said, it's just sweet enough to like make a girl who's already kind of feeling for you to like swoon. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I I, I love that. Um, and it was a good good opening track for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, track two to the choir. We've been talking about it. Let's talk about it. Um. Yeah, this was, I think this was either a song of the show or the, the track you picked for Bellows and Marlboros, too. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I'm pretty sure it was on the, the playlist. Yeah. Um, you could speak to me at Trebles, but you'd be preaching to the choir. I think we've we talked about that on the episode. Like, that's just that's such an old man thing to say for a 22-year-old, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's something he's heard, like, I imagine, like, working on a truck with your grandpa or your dad and hearing that phrase and being like, it just sticks with you. So now it's in your vernacular and then you use it. Cause like, it's just an old man phrase for a young kid to use. Um, it's very poetic the way it's the lyrics are written. Um, it's mostly like about marijuana, right? This fits the, the second category. Mary Jane is my friend. Of her, I never tire. You could speak yeah, to me of troubles, line. but you'd be preaching to the choir. Like that's just that's beautiful. Yeah, and I wrote down that lyric as well, um, just because the way it's the syntax of it is really interesting. Um, it's almost Shakespearean in a way. I yeah. mean, that that might be giving them a bit too much credit, but yeah, the syntax of that line is super super cool, and that really stood out to me every time I listened to it. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a great little knee slapper about just being down on your luck and like and we talked about it before and this song is the ultimate like this fucking guy song like <laughs> he thinks he's got troubles like, come and talk to me bud um which is cool i like i like that that feeling uh the guitar is doing some really cool stuff in the bed and that happens a lot on, on a lot of these tracks where you have to really listen to it um but there is some cool little like pluckiness going on in, in one of the bed tracks uh, i feel like there's a couple guitar tracks layered in these tracks um but yeah it's um Again, this isn't this isn't really about the music. The fiddle solo is really cool, um, but it's it really is about the mood and like the story that this guy's trying to tell. To and it's not even really like that deep of a story, right? It's uh, it's not a Kate McCannon type story. It's yeah. uh, it's I'm uh, I'm sad and 
so you don't get to be sad around me because yeah. I'm sadder. You think you're sad? <laughs> <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So again, great fucking song. This is the song that started my obsession with Joshua Quimby. Uh, so yeah, I, I, if you're gonna listen to one. Where did you hear him? Like on a playlist he, or? Yeah, I think I was. It was when I was searching for songs for Bolos and Marlboros, and it just came up because I was looking through. Like what I normally do when I'm in a genre outside of what I normally listen to, I pick an artist to start with and then I just start clicking through like random artists that look interesting or have an interesting name or something like that. And I, I just clicked onto the choir and it was I immediately fell in love. So, um, yeah, just a, just a random stumbling on, which is always fun. Oh, yeah, 100%. So you ready to move on? Ready. Don't want to don't want to be don't want to be the dead horse here. Uh, track three, Crescent Smile. Uh, and at this point, like I didn't expect this this album to be packed so full of like sappy, longing love songs, but it it does work, right? Because it's exactly the kind of style of music. This is the style of music our grandparents would listen to, right? And that's what it was it was all about. It was like kind of, I don't want to say immature, but like it was more family friendly love songs. It wasn't about like anything gross it was just about the feeling of missing your baby um but yeah and this again this is when i wrote like uh if you've got her hold her close if not let the tear fall on your beer and think of her um and i i really like the fact that he struggles with his own songs sometimes like he, he almost can't hit the notes that he wrote for himself to sing and i think that lends it some authenticity like I think again, some people might not like it, and I, I a lot of times I won't either. But I think it's it's endearing when he when he kind of because you can tell he's reaching and he doesn't have a great range, but he does have a rock solid like bass voice. And so when he strains, he, you could tell he really wants to like he wants you to hear that particular note and that word. Yeah, it's like uh, he's he's got the Midwest emo. The yeah. going for it, even though you probably shouldn't. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I like this song because it's just a different take on a, a love song. Like this is where you're laying outside at night, looking up at the stars, and realizing how much someone means to you, even though they're far away. Like that's really cool, and especially <clears throat> like this time of year at my house, like. It's a full moon tonight. It's so freaking beautiful out. And it's like perfect weather to go outside and just lay outside and stare at the stars and think about things like the moon and like how it relates to this person and the stars and like how they're your star. And like, yeah. And I just love the the line. It's simple and sweet. Like the, this, I'm the happiest I've been in a while. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm, it's like, it's not, it's not like this is the happiest I've ever been. It's not like a hyperbole. It's just like, hey. I'm really happy right now in this moment. Yeah. And I think that that's, again, there's, there's a sweetness to it that I, that I really enjoy. It's not over the top. It's, it's very down to earth and there's something really cool about that. Yeah. And we're going, that was one of our singles, which is kind of weird, I think as a single, but again, we're I not- agree. And then the next one is super weird as a single too, I think. Yeah. Uh, the next track is gear. Uh, gears it's a clever song that's a cry for help when it comes to marijuana use that's gonna be a hit on the radio baby um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he seems reserved in the fact that like it's something that helps him but also hinders him that's kind of like the yeah. the the push and pull of the song uh i live by the 
I live by the pipe and die by it too. At least it seems to me the grass it is burning, the gears they are turning, and that's how it'll always be. Yeah. That's a redneck statement if I've ever heard it. Like smoking another (laughs) Marlboro Red. Something's got to kill you. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, man, I just... When I realized this was just about weed, I was just like, come on, man. Weed ain't that bad. <laughs> it's like, How much so weed do you smoking, my friend? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, mean, I could get it could be damaging maybe monetarily. Or like but, becoming like useless. Yeah, becoming a burnout, sure. Um, but it's not like he's sitting here fucking freebasing heroin or whatever whatever the fuck you freebase i don't even know but he's not he's not you know taking bath salts over here yeah um and it just so this one kind of didn't resonate with me a whole lot i just was like get over it, a guy <laughs> so it's it's an okay track but it's saved by his awesome voice again like his voice saves this whole album for me yeah i think we've gone back and forth it's like love song weed song love song weed song and yep. we get back to another love song. Mm-hmm. What's a man to do? What is a man to do? What's a man to do? I think this I one's yours. Uh, yes. So, yeah, finally some fun. Like, I love the little yodel in the chorus, and then the, the call and response from the backing vocals I think is really fun. Again, more like the uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou Feel you were talking about earlier. Uh, we desperately needed like a fun track because like at this point, again, we're halfway through an eight, tr- eight track album and I'm like already feeling weary of what the, the sonic nature of this album is. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's upbeat. The yodels in the track really make it fun. Um, but again, like I said at this point, like I don't think this was necessarily made for the mood I was in or the mental state I was in. Let's say that. Um so yeah, it just was. It just I, by this point, I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I think I told you before the show, like I, it was hard for me to get through this whole album each time I listened to it, like all the way through. And we're we're not treading new territory. I think, like, yeah, there's nothing I, new here. It sounds fun. Like th- it sounds like a bluegrass track. Uh, it's a knee slapper at track five. You know, that's kind of when we're needing something kind of different. This is our ca- palate cleanser, but. He talks about spending five or six weeks away from his girl, hasn't bricked up, but like, I mean, find something else to talk about. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to make eight songs. Um, if you're going to make like a whole heartbreak album, that's one thing, but like, it's just, just like, hey, my girl's kind of far away and I'm five to six yeah, weeks it, away from seeing her. Again, it's the, it's the same, like, it's not even like, because yeah, you can make a whole love album, but even then the tracks are varied and what the message is. The message is the same every single time. Like yeah. this would have been a great this if this was an EP, like four tracks, this would have been perfect. Um, but I think there's just some he definitely has some growth, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the the mandolin and the fiddle really carry this song. Yeah. It's really yeah, fun. I, I think it's the first time the mandolin was introduced on the album. Mm-hmm. Um but next track is I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours. Um and I like the start of this track because the upright bass gets to play a little bit opening up. <laughs> yeah. And if there's something that everyone knows about this show, we love bass, every version of the bass. I would love for people to use more upright bass. I'm just saying. It's got to be cumbersome to, to carry around. It's got to be annoying to play. Um, but, 
you know, it sounds great. Um, now each and every brick in this house keeps uh, ceiling from crashing down. With you, I feel safe and sound. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. It's just a cute little love letter, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time yeah. I get annoyed, like, oh man, another love song, he slides something in there that you're like, oh man, he's just a young boy. He's a young boy in it, love, and who am I to be mad at him for it? Exactly. Like there, there's, there's not. I don't want to call it immature, but I think there's some lack of experience in songwriting here. And it kind of shows through in this album. But again, it's a it's a really good album. And I think if I was in a different, if I was like really sad and like, or like fucking drunk, you know what I mean? I think this would be awesome. Like throw this on at a bonfire, you're having a great time. Or throw this on at like a barn party or something. You're having a great time listening to it. Um, or, you know, you see him at a small venue. This would be a great small venue show to go see if he just played this front to back, this album. Um but I think just like the, the standard, like the blue standards that he uses, they just kind of kind of old. Like it's like okay, I've, I know what this this lick is. There's nothing new musically here. Um, again, I, I and I don't want to fault him for that because he's doing what he knows, and he's he, again he's got an incredible voice, like one of the most unique voices I've heard in a long time. Um, but like the simplistic nature of it all kind of leaves me wanting more. So yeah. Um, moving on, we're almost done. We're going to, this is going to be the, maybe our shortest episode of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're at uh, track seven with uh, Blackened and Blue. Uh, and this is a little better. Like, again, I think there's even some maturity happening within the writing of this album uh, where the vocal cadence, like the way he delivers the lines in this song is just, it's really interesting um, because again, he breaks it up and he chops it up and he switches up the way he delivers the lines and it makes it for like a really good two and two song run to end the album here. And uh, it's the story of an artist having a crisis of self, but keeps on picking. Cause that's all he can do. Again, it's about drunk. It's about drugs, right? Drugs and playing guitar, but there's, there's a little bit more depth here lyrically and like songwriter wise. And this is, it's, it's a how the moon track, which is always welcome here. And we, we know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, he built it up to be a big story. So I was expecting Kate McCann. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let me tell you a story. And yeah. you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm leaning in. And like yeah, me the, too, the story was less than compelling, I think. And the it's, story, there is there is no story. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm going to tell you a story. And then the story is that he smokes weed and plays a guitar, which we already knew. Um, we've established it pretty well. It's been pretty well documented in the first six, seven <laughs> tracks. Um but again, like he's a young guy. He's putting out his first album. I wish I had this voice. I wish I could play oh, yeah. the fiddle and like have buddies that played upright bass and like this is just a cool sound. And I feel like I'm critiquing the lyrics too much, but like I was just really I hadn't dug into the lyrics much until this week, and that was really what stood out. Um, because his voice, like I said, is captivating, it's great, and he's really ironed out some of the lyric stuff in like most recent releases so yeah i agree the, the most recent ep is way better than this yeah um we've made it to the station um we pick it up for a moment the too soon. <laughs> we pick it up for the last track did we get a yeah. palate cleanser for track eight we get two of them um the fiddle brings it again this track mm -hmm. which was awesome and it's just another song about missing a girl and realizing how much she means to him which um 
isn't annoying because you know it's the last song and the momentum's so high that like you're buying into it. But maybe this is the song that's like, I mean, it, that's the name of the song. We made it to the station, so like excitement's high. You get to finally see yeah. your girl. You've waited the five to six weeks, and now it's time to meet her. And the album ends. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it's I don't really have much more to add to that. It's the first time he's really happy on this entire album, which is a great way to end it. Like like you said, it's the culmination of everything we've heard up to this point. And uh, he's just happy if he gets to come home to his baby. And I think that's a great way to end it. I like a quick, a super quick hitter album. And uh, yeah, and it's again, I'll get into my closing thoughts here in a second. But um, yeah, I love the last two tracks. The first two tracks are great. You could kick out the rest of the album and have a, like a great four track EP. Yeah, I think I think talking it out, though, I think. It is kind of like a fun little maybe this these eight songs were just like what he was going through. The that yep, fi- and that's, the five to six I, weeks he was waiting for his girl. He's like, "Fuck, man, I miss her so much. I can't stop smoking weed. I can't stop being like a lonely, sad piece of shit. I can't stop like getting in my own way. All I want to do is see my girl, and like that's what I'm looking forward to." So we can criticize it lyrically, but you know it kind of makes sense in the like track one, like. I just want to hop this train to fucking Hartford. Hartford. All, I, all I want to do is make it to Hartford. And then the last track's like, okay, my, I'm going to pick my girl up at the station. You know, like that's, yeah. that's kind of a cool beginning and end. So I don't, yeah. I don't hate the album, but his new music is, is improved tremendously. I, yeah, again, I agree. I don't hate the album, but it's just, it's again, it's for eight tracks, it's hard to make it through all of them back to back. But I think thinking of it as a concept like that, because I had, I came to the same conclusion where this is just, he's like, he bought the trick ticket to Hartford. And then it's like him just getting there and like how his mental state kind of fluctuates between I miss her so much. I miss her so much. I need to numb my brain. So I'm going to smoke a bunch of weed. And then that high wears off. He's like, oh, fuck, I miss her so much. I need to numb my mind with a bunch of weed. And then he finally gets there. We get the happiest track on the album. Like, this guy just needed to be with his lady. And who hasn't felt that kind of longing before? It's like, that's how you know it's real, right? When you are even away from somebody for even a couple hours, it's like, fuck, man, I can't wait till I see her again. And in that regard, I think this is there's a there's a spark of brilliance here. And because I think it's hard to write a concept album. I don't know if it was meant to be, but the more and more we talk about it, the more and more I'm convinced it is. And uh, there's, that's super cool to, to, to do something like that, even though it's super simple and the lyrics aren't like groundbreaking and it's only eight tracks long and it's less than half an hour to just have a concept in mind and wanting to tell a story. That's the story, right? Yeah. The story we were looking for in each track is the entire album. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm glad we talked that out, man. I feel better Me about too. it now. Me too, because I was really struggling with this, even though it was my own album, because I I think I came in expecting something and I didn't get it. And that's always a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's still fun to be on the ground floor. Like how many 100%. how many country artists have we just had shoved down our throat and then we get to find this little nugget of someone and we're watching him grow in real time. It's just it's so much fun. Yeah, and I'm gonna follow this guy's entire career, right? Unless it gets canceled for some weird reason, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I think he's got, he's got a ton of potential, and this it's, there's a little there's little glimpses of it here and there in this debut album, and like you said a couple times already, like his newest release is is amazing, and he did like a 
like a live session of a lot of these songs too. And the live sec, the live versions of these songs are amazing. So um, I can't wait to see how he grows again. This is a, sorry, I was looking for something. <laughs> he has a cover of a song that I really like too. Yeah. And I was trying to find it, but I ended up actually Johnny be good. He did a cover of Johnny mm-hmm. be good, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, I don't know. He, like I said, there's a lot of potential here. And I think, there's always a space in music for someone who wants to just do something super old school. Now, is it ever going to become like Taylor Swift popular? Absolutely not. But for guys like you and me who are just looking for something different every now and again, this is the perfect kind of guy. 100%. So Joshua, if you live to listen to this and you're feeling a bit down on yourself, don't we love you. I think you've got a bright future. And again, we're just two idiots from Ohio. Yeah. We don't really know what we're talking about. So <laughs> I mean, we we live in the state where Rascal Flats came from, so we can spot country from a mile away. Um, yeah, shit. <laughs> Fuck out of here, dude. Okay. Uh, let's do songs of the show. Okay. Uh, I'll kick it off if you want. Yeah. Because I, like, I think yours is the cooler story. Um, so Death Clock is back. Uh, Adult Swim finally released their grubby little paws on the rights to it. Uh and we're getting the, the the closing we deserve. We got a brand new death album, and the track that showed up on my release right earlier this week was SOS. It's fucking awesome. There's a little mid mid part of the section where they keep saying rise, which is throwback to Musa Crackish or Awaken, sorry. And then the, the guitar rift is very much like uh, go into the water. So the cool throwback in that song. Um, and they they're this is by far the best the death album has sounded. Um, the drums are incredible. The guitars are incredible. Um, I cannot wait to watch the the final culmination of this entire show. That's been one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, I'm going to catch up. Me, Ben, you, Louie, we're all going to catch up, and I think we should do an episode, of, uh, at least like covering the last season and then maybe just discussing the album very quickly. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be, that's a great idea, actually. I love that. It's It's in our dna i mean death clock was like our episode four or something mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah the fact that we thought for sure we were never going to get it like uh, it's dead you know like we're gonna let it lie it's it's aggravating but it's gone but like it's it's nice to like out of nowhere i didn't know anything about this and just i saw songs coming up on my release radar and we kind of discussed it like are these just like um what did we th- they were like remasters of well, the songs. He was he was re- there was they were releasing remasters of older stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um which is tricky and then they release songs and then I'm I'm like I'm not going to be the boy that cried wolf and then Louis sends it and I'm like fuck man I saw that on my release radar I just didn't know it was real. I'm not going to be the <laughs> yeah. fool that keeps sending in remasters. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm super excited. It's it's about time. If you're a metalhead and you haven't watched Metalocalypse, what are you doing? It's it's the it, it again, I talked about it on the episode. It's the it's at the same time the greatest love letter and also the greatest critic of metal of all time. It's so fucking funny. And if you love metal, you need to watch that show. You can only make fun of something so well if you love it enough to realize its faults. You know, like if you care about Correct. it enough, like you can you can be aware enough to know its faults. And I, yeah. I, I just watched something about Mike Myers talking about like why he was so immersed into Austin Powers. And it's because like, that's what he grew up watching and he loved all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Anyway, let's move on to yours because I love 
Jesus, I love your pick. I just slapped my mic away from my face. Okay, Knuckle Puck released a cover of Losing a Whole Year. Um, that was originally done by Third Eye Blind, but Knuckle Puck uh, did the cover, and it's going to be on the Dead Formats Volume 2. I love cover compu- compilations, and Dead Format has kind of taken the place of what like punk goes pop. It's kind of like little bit more contemporary bands that aren't just like doing like weird metal covers and growling mm-hmm. over Taylor Swift songs. They always pick songs that like there there's another compilation called like songs that change my or songs that save my life. And that one and, and dead formats seem to be like the top two of just like getting really cool songs covered and losing a whole year is not a song that gets covered a whole lot. I'd love to see other albums from third eye blind get covered, but the fact that they covered the opening track from Third Eye Blind, and just the drummer absolutely annihilates this shit, dude. This this is one of the best covers I've ever heard, and that's that's pretty high praise because there's a lot of covers that I love. And I, I, I when I first heard it, I was like, "This is just Third Eye Blind," but then you hear the differences in it, and I think that's the proper way to do a cover. You know, do it pretty much the same, but put a little bit of your own stink on it. And I think. I mean, I just was blown away by how good it was. And I heard it. I was like, I did not expect to hear this song because I didn't really look at the song title or anything before you before I clicked it. I was like, oh, holy shit, this kicks ass. And then I saw it was Knuckle Puck. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's even cooler. So um, great pick, dude. Like, I absolutely love this because I haven't listened to this actual song in years. But it was one of those songs that was on the radio constantly on 103.9 The X, man. It was on that station all the fucking time. And to hear it again so many years later and covered so well by a band that you wouldn't expect to cover it, it's it's just it it, it made my heart happy today. Yeah. You you really don't know. A pop punk band covering Third Eye Blind, it could be absolute dog water. And it ended up being really, really well done. And it makes you want to listen to Third Eye Blind again, which mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to do it again soon, but you know. If it if it makes me go back and listen to the original, and the drummer just is insane on that third eye blind self titled, and mm-hmm. the drummer almost kicks it up a little bit of a notch. I think the having modern production was kind of cool, but even even things like production on the third eye blind album, it really makes you go back and listen and be like, holy shit! From ni- for nineteen ninety seven, this is damn near perfect. Yeah, but yeah, there we go, y'all. This is gonna be a shorter episode. I think we're at. We're going to be closer to like 35, 40 minutes, um, and that's that's cool with me. Nothing wrong with that. Um, in terms of next week, I have two albums that I'm like torn between, so I'm going to leave it up to you after we uh, end up here. Okay. But uh, if you want to check out our social media, uh, our Instagram is at OffTheBeatenClef. Our Twitter is at OffClef. Uh, you can buy merch at offthebeatenclef.com and join our Discord. We'll have that link in our bio as well. And uh, we'll be doing another album or EP next week, y'all. Get ready. <laughs> Bye. Bye.